I don't know, I think a spa day sounds pretty good. <laughs> I gotta say, before we begin, I struggled with this sermon. I struggled with this. Because it seems awfully presumptuous to talk about God's will and God's kingdom, especially with the way that the world is. So I just want to let you know that, that, that you'll probably hear that struggle in this sermon. But, near the Alexandria-sized city of Kozelsk in Russia stands a monastery called the Optina Pustin. And this monastery was at the center of the Russian Orthodox Church in the 19th century, part of a renewal movement where elders would be sought out for healing and counsel. However, after the communists seized power, the church in Russia suffered greatly under state-sponsored atheism. Monasteries and churches were closed, their assets were seized, and priests and monks were deported to gulags or executed. The Optina Monastery was no exception and was turned into a gulag itself. However, many of the elders' writings survived, and they're still being read today. And among them is this prayer, which has touched the lives of so many, but is quite a challenging thing to pray. O oh Lord, give me strength to face with serenity everything that this day will bring. Grant me to entrust myself fully to your holy will. Every hour of this day, teach me and support me. Whatever news I may receive during the day, teach me to accept it with peace of mind and with firm conviction that everything is according to your holy will. In all my words and actions, guide my thoughts and feelings. In all unexpected events, do not let me forget that everything is sent by you. Teach me to deal sincerely and wisely with every member of my family, bringing confusion or sorrow to none. O Lord, give me strength to bear the weariness of the coming day and all the events of this day. Guide my will and teach me to pray, to believe, to hope, to endure, to forgive, and to love. Amen. Now, some of you might be thinking, what were they thinking? <laughs> or you might be thinking, Pastor David has finally lost it. The idea that everything could be according to God's holy will sounds not only offensive, but ridiculous. Heard this morning that the death toll in Maui is now over 90 from the wildfires there. That surely isn't the will of God. Cancer surely is not the will of God. Gun violence, climate change, and Twitter can't be the will of God. <laughs> to claim otherwise seems to make God a divine monster, doesn't it? But if we dismiss this prayer too quickly, we may miss the broader point being made here. We may disagree that everything that happens is set by God, but the elders at Optina weren't naive. They weren't unaware of the deadly situation that faced them. They weren't wishful thinkers. They certainly weren't stupid. 
They knew that the regime had it in for them. Rather, in the midst of this evil, they sought a radical openness to whatever may come, praying for the strength to not only endure it, but to be a beacon of sincerity and wisdom within it as well. This prayer isn't about, doesn't discount or ignore the evil of the world. It isn't about wallowing in one's own helplessness either. This prayer encourages a radical acceptance of one's own circumstances, seeking to respond in a way that is empowering, a way that is faithful, a way that is hopeful and loving. But it can be so hard to practice radical acceptance when so many of us feel so powerless. If nothing else, the last three years have shown us how vulnerable we all are. The tornadoes last year reminded us just how at the mercy of the natural world we are. Terrorism, mass violence, political unrest, 24-hour news headlines, these all can make us feel vulnerable, frightened. So openness is hard. After all, we don't want to get hurt. We might feel more akin to the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. There's a paradox here. It is precisely in being open to what may come. In radical acceptance of whatever life throws at us that we find our own will, that we find empowerment, our own agency restored by being united to the will of God. When we call upon a holy God, praying that God's will may be done despite all the evil in the world, we are exercising our power. We are exercising a royal privilege to call upon God in every need. You hear that privilege exercised in our gospel reading. Today we find Jesus preaching the good news of the kingdom of the God of Black Becca. Today we find Jesus preaching the good news of the kingdom of God by the lake. That good news naturally includes works of healing. It's not just words, it's actual healing and restoration. Jesus cures every sickness and disease among the people. The people bring all kinds of sick people to Jesus, asking for healing for them. It must have been quite a sight to see. In this moment, we see a greater reality, one that can be glimpsed only in part on this side of heaven. These healings don't stand alone, but they point to the reality that God's kingdom and will are about wholeness. They're about well it. It's about well-being and it's about healing. They're about restoration and forgiveness, about mercy, peacemaking, and love. The kingdom of God is not some utopian dream that if we could all, all get our act together, we could finally make this place a, a decent place to live. It's not about that at all. It's about God's will being done in our midst, the redemption of all 
creation. Of course, we all have the experience of our prayers not being answered as we would have liked. Sometimes there's very deep pain with that. But this is to be expected, unfortunately, as the good news of the kingdom is always accompanied by opposition. Luther elaborates in his large catechism, Therefore, we who would be Christians must surely expect to have the devil with all his angels and the world as our enemies, and expect that they will inflict every possible misfortune and grief upon us for where God's word is preached, accepted, or believed, and bears fruit. There the holy and precious cross will also not be far behind. This isn't some kind of persecution complex of Luther's. This is simply stating a fact of the Christian life. Whenever we pray for God's kingdom to come, for God's will to be done, and that we might be conformed with that kingdom and will, for that kingdom and will to be known within us, we can expect that opposition to that kingdom and will will not be far behind. Sometimes that opposition comes from our own unique struggles and difficulties. Sometimes it's from sickness, Often, and in my own experience this is especially true, it comes from within ourselves. Our own selves oppose. St. Paul even says as much in his letter to the Romans. So then, with my mind I am enslaved to the law of God, but with my flesh I am a slave to the law of sin. Which is why we pray. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we recognize that we can't bring God's kingdom or will about, not within ourselves. Even our best efforts fail. What we do in this prayer is surrender our weakness to God's strength, our impatience and fear to God's shalom. We trust. We trust that because of what Jesus Christ has done to reconcile us to God, that God's kingdom will come. God's will shall be done. And God's kingdom and will won't be to our harm, but for our good, for our well-being, for our salvation. And because we trust God, we can be radically open to whatever may come. Trusting that even in the darkest moments, God's kingdom and will will be known among us. Even in those deepest, darkest moments. Even the elders at Optina, facing certain deportation and death, trusted that in God's good time, God's will would be done. It may not have been within their lifetime. It may not be within any of our lifetimes that we see God's gracious and good will done. But God's will will be done. God's kingdom will come. So today, just a thought experiment. Instead of dwelling on the times God didn't answer our prayer like we hoped, which we automatically do a lot because we tend to be geared towards bad, bad news, what if instead we thought of a time, or remembered of time, when we knew God's shalom was real? when God did answer prayer, when we saw God's healing at work, when God's kingdom came to you 
or to someone else you know. Those stories are out there. At Bible study on Thursday, I heard several of them. They are out there. Stories of experiencing God's kingdom and God's will among us. We just tend not to share them. But when we are radically open to God's kingdom and will, we may find such stories of healing in places we dare not expect. Thanks be to God. Amen.